Thanks, Paul. I appreciate that. So yeah, we're going to be looking, um, moving in our series on the pastoral epistles and uh, moving on from 1 Timothy into 2 Timothy this, uh, this morning. And um, uh, this week I, I had the opportunity, I was talking with my dad, and uh, as a lot of conversations seem to be going these days, we uh, started talking about what's been going on in our world and, and seeing the, um, the hand of God, the judgment of God. Uh, he was uh, talking about a group of pastors that he was meeting with and, and how they had been sharing uh, some of the ways that God has been blessing them, things that they are going to be doing differently, even once all of this is over and, and everything goes back to regular meetings, what were going to be things that they would be doing differently. And, and, uh, and I was talking about, uh, Graham had, had recommended a book here a little while ago called Harbinger 2 by uh, Jonathan Kahn. And uh, I had read that and I was talking with my dad about uh, just the... Uh, the really uh, compelling way that, that Jonathan Kahn has been looking at um, events that are going on in our world and connecting them with uh, judgment that had happened on the land of Israel prior to, uh, to the exile into Babylon and, and how that uh, connects with, uh, um, with some of the, the ways that, that it looks like um, God is judging uh, America and um, the, the movement that they have gone through from a nation that was uh, initially in its founding focused on being a, a nation that followed after God and how that has uh, shifted in so many different ways and, and how we see that as well in our own uh, nation in, in Canada here. And, and, and as we were, as I was talking with my dad and, and um, getting a little bit, uh, I guess, feeling the heaviness of, of, of the cir circumstances that we're feeling in our world. Uh, my dad told me and reminded me about, um, he had been at uh, uh, the Billy Graham Museum of Evangelism in, I think it was in Chicago. And one of the things that, that he was struck with as he was walking through all the different exhibits, um, was how there had been throughout the history of the church and, and, and really throughout the history of the world, there have been these, these times where, uh, where the, the spirituality, where the, the walk of the world as a whole seems to be getting further and further away from God, that, that there has been this uh, time where, where people have, have been turning their backs on God, where they've been looking to all kinds of other different answers for, uh, for how to face uh, life, how to deal with the human condition, how to, um, uh, to pursue relationships and all the rest of that kind of stuff. And, and this, this up and down and, and, and what they were uh, showing was that in each one of these up and downs, there was this point where there was these, a few individuals who had a, a, a singular passion for knowing and hearing God, for allowing God to, through his spirit, to, to fan the, the flames of their, of their faith into this burning passion, this, this um, 
uncompromised use of their gifts in order to be a voice in this world and how it was just those few voices that made this huge transformation. He, he pointed me to uh, the early 18th century and the early 1700s where in America, the, uh, that, the, after that, that great crest of, of the establishment of America, and, 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 uh, but in, in light of, of the, the move of the age of reason, of enlightenment that came into, into, the, into the world, that, that actually um, uh, church attendance in America was at an all-time low um, some even estimate that it that it's lower than percentage wise lower than what we are seeing today in in North America that there were fewer people that were going to church at this time they were pursuing this idea of of logic of how humanistic uh, materialism would be able to to explain the the world that we live in would be able to explain what was going on in our minds and our hearts and in the world and people were more and more turning away from the church. And it was in that kind of a setting um, where God began to move in the hearts of a few people. And, and there was a, a passion, a movement towards holiness, um, a movement towards greater dependence on God. Um, it, it was... It was risky to be in that situation and to proclaim a message of, of repentance um, because people were getting caught up in, in freedom, in license to do the things that they wanted to do. Um, and yet these, these few were, were so uh, um, single-minded in their attention on God and following where Jesus would lead them that that it began to burn and, 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 and it began to develop and more and more people were turning to Christ and it became the great awakening of the 1700s, of 1740. Uh, men like Jonathan Edwards, um, who stood up and, and proclaimed a message of, of, of being sinners in the hands of an angry God. And, and so many of our, of our ideas of what would be right evangelism um, wasn't necessarily fitting with what they were doing. And yet it was a message that was inspired by the Holy Spirit. It was uh, grabbing a hold of people's lives and it transformed. There's this uh, uh, movement and, and a time of repentance in America uh, that, that became this great revival that then spurred on other revivals um, into the 1800s uh, that saw many people come to Christ. I think that's, that's kind of what we see Paul speaking into as he addresses Timothy in this second letter, that, that, that there was uh, certainly in Ephesus, there was this resistance um, against the things of Jesus, the message of Jesus Christ. Uh, there was a pull within the church uh, towards false teachings that were getting people away from that that primary focus of, of seeing Jesus, of following Jesus where he was leading. And Paul here is, is encouraging that, that rather than allowing fear to overwhelm them, that they would allow the Holy Spirit to uh, 
fan those embers of faith, those gifts that God had given his people, to allow the Holy Spirit to, to fan those into a flame that would bring a revival and awakening in, in that community, in that city of Ephesus, and, and would eventually um, spread to the whole world and would have this uh, amazing, uh, amazing transformation of the Roman Empire um, for, the, for the cause of Christ. Uh, let's read here. So if you've got your Bible, 2 Timothy, we're going to start verse 1 of chapter 1 and go down to, to verse 14. Let's read this together. I, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father of, and Jesus Christ our Lord. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers, night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me as his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Follow the pattern of sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus, and by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, Guard the good deposit that is entrusted to you. Paul tells us here in verse 6 to, to fan into flame that gift of God which is, um, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Each one of us has been given a gift. As we have been adopted into the family of Christ, each one of us has been equipped to play a special role in, in the mission of reaching the whole world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Each one of us has, has a, 
a unique spiritual ability to be able to, to connect and to support and to, uh, to participate in the mission of Christ of rescuing people from their path of destruction and their, uh, their headlong um, path into, into hell and into eternal punishment. And Paul is encouraging us that we need to not take that gift and, and, and like the, uh, the, the, in the parable of the talents, bury it, keep it hidden away, but instead that we would, that we would risk it, that, that, we would, that we would invest in it in ways that, that, that would see growth, that would see it reach beyond what we think would be naturally able, but, but would, would multiply that gift in ways of, of touching other people's lives. You get the sense as you're reading through here that, that the fanning of this flame of, of, of the gift of faith is going to involve suffering. It's not going to be an, an easy, comfortable path that we're going to be taking. Uh, look, at, look at what he says he, in, in that verse 4 where he says that, that uh, sorry, in, in verse 6 where he says that, that uh, you should fan into flame the gift of God. Verse 7, he says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. Why would he say that God had not given us a spirit of fear if there was not fear that was associated in allowing that gift of faith to be fanned into flame. He, he, he continues to, to say that in, in, in verse 8, that I am not ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, that we are not to be ashamed, nor that we are to be ashamed of, of Paul as a prisoner, but we should share in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God. That gift that God has given you, if you are to allow him to use it, it's going to be risky. It's going to have a cost associated with it. And Satan is going to do everything that he can to try and discourage you from using that gift. He's going to... Uh, to put insurmountable odds against you that are, are going to put you to the place where you say, oh, I can't do that. I'm just going to bury this over here. Paul is encouraging us that we have to allow the Holy Spirit to fan into flame that gift of faith that God has blessed us with so that we can then be participants, that we can be co-laborers with Christ in the mission of proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ into this world. Paul says, verse 12, it is for this reason that I am suffering. Uh, that, that, I, that as I was appointed as a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher, this is the reason that I am suffering he's coming back to this theme again and again. And, and, and part of that I think is, is part of his own reality of being imprisoned, um, um, being chained up between the guards. I think it's also because of the circumstance that he hears of what's going on in Ephesus where Timothy is that there too, uh, 
the followers of Jesus Christ are, are being challenged, are being persecuted, are being uh, pressed down and, and, and um, uh, pressure is being exerted to, to scatter them and to minimize their effect in that community. Paul wants us to know that in order to use this gift, there is a cost and we will suffer. But, but when we allow the Holy Spirit to bring us to that place where we are focused on holiness, on repentance, on complete dependence on the Spirit, that wherever He would lead us, whatever instructions he would whisper in our ear of, of things that we should say or things that we should do or places that we should go or, or, or ways that we should give. That as we allow the Holy Spirit to take us into that place where we would then walk in obedience and in faith to what he is calling us to do, it is there that we feel the presence of God. It's, it's in that moment that we feel the Spirit at work within us, where, where, we, where we recognize that we have been grafted into the vine, that, that we are receiving through Jesus Christ all that we need in order to accomplish these great tasks. And there is no telling where he might go where he might take us, if we would just submit, if we would just trust, if we would just obey and follow. He closes this all off by reminding Timothy and reminding us that it is by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us that we are able to guard that good deposit that has been entrusted to us. I know that I can sometimes fool myself into thinking that, that I am in control of the gifts that God has given me, that, that I'm able to, to accomplish the things that he wants through my own strength. But it is only when we are connected with the Holy Spirit, when we are following Him, that we are able to see the kinds of impact that, that, that result in eternal significance. That we will see uh, the, the kingdom of light being spread in this dark community. That we will see in our nation a movement of people that are more and more focused on knowing Jesus, on hearing his word, on, on trusting in his truth and following in his steps, that we will see that kind of revival and awakening that we, that we pray for, that we hope for, that we long for in this nation and in our world today, that our nation needs to bring peace, to bring certainty and that would bring um, that would bring hope and love and joy 
in a world that is so racked by hate, by mistrust, by, by chaos, by, by turmoil. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to guard that good deposit that's in our lives. How has Christ gifted you? What are the ways that, that, that he has empowered you to play a role in the spreading of that gospel, in, in, in expressing the love of Jesus in this world, of, of proclaiming the, the truth of, of, of repentance and sin, the, the truth of grace and forgiveness? Let me encourage you today to fan those flames, to know that there's a cost, to know that there is going to be suffering that's associated for you to, to actually press into that gift that God has given you. There is a risk involved. Maybe your gift is praying for others, interceding on behalf of, uh, of those who, who are who, who are in need of, of knowing Christ better or, or are in need of, of physical healing or in need of spiritual healing of, uh, that are, are dealing with emotional struggles or relationship breakdowns that, that God has gifted you to, to pray and intercede and mediate um, on those behalf. It is going to cost you. It is going to mean putting aside other things out of your schedule so that you can focus more of your time and effort into that endeavor of prayer. Don't let Satan scare you. Don't let him tell you the lie that, that, that it's bigger than you or that your prayers don't have any, any impact. Allow the Holy Spirit to, to fan that flame of that gift in your life that you would then become a prayer warrior that this congregation, that this community desperately needs in order to see the movement of the Holy Spirit here. Maybe your gift is giving. That God has blessed you with finances and the ability to be able to, to, to be generous in, in, in pouring into resources in other people's lives, those that are in need. Don't be afraid that the more that you are generous, the less you're going to have and you are going to be in need or in want because you have been generous with others. Don't let Satan fill you with the lies of, of thinking that, that God doesn't need your offering, that, that, that God doesn't want you to, to be a part of this, but, but instead follow through the, through the leading and guiding the Holy Spirit into that place of being abundantly generous, that you would be sacrificing of your own needs and, and, and sacrificing of all that he has given you in order to be able to bless the lives of others. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you into that place of, of where you should give, of, of how you should be generous. And what are the ways that, that he would uh, use you to bless the lives of others? 
Maybe God has gifted you to proclaim the good news. Maybe he has given you the the, the tongue that, that is able to speak the truth of Christ into the lives of people who are far from him. Don't be afraid that you won't have the answers to the questions that they're going to be asking. Don't be afraid that that you are going to be pushing people away, that they're going to think that you are are too earthly minded to be, too heavenly minded to be of any earthly good. Don't let Satan confuse you with those lies that that think that, that, that what you have to say isn't what people want to hear. But instead, allow the Holy Spirit to to fan that gift, that that gift of faith that's in your life, uh, to put yourself in a place of of being at risk where you can build relationships with people, with you can speak those words of truth and the gospel into the lives of, of people in our community. And through that, allow the Holy Spirit to use you to open up the eyes of people who are lost, of people who are dying to throw to them the lifeline of the gospel that they would then be saved through the Holy Spirit at work in their lives. Maybe your gift is serving. Don't be afraid that people are going to ask more than you can give. Don't be concerned that that there will be more than, than, than what you can offer, that you are going to be stretched too thin in the ways that you are coming to serve those people who are in need. Uh, maybe it's people who are, who are trapped at home. Uh, maybe it's people who, uh, who have uh, uh, struggles with, with uh, home renovations. Maybe it's people that are uh, dealing with emotional mental health issues and, and you can come alongside and serve them and, and encourage them and, and, and uh, bless them through, through the acts of service that you would be able to bring into their lives. Uh, maybe it's serving within our congregation. Maybe it's serving within our community in, in different uh, community activities and community organizations. I don't know where God is going to use you, but don't be afraid that you don't have enough to be able to give, that there are way too many needs, and so you just bury your talent. Allow the Holy Spirit to fan the flame of that gift of faith in your life, where you invest yourselves fully in in serving the needs of other people that you would go out of your way to find people who are in need, that you would be able to then come alongside and serve in some way, in some capacity or another. And through that, that you would be the hands and feet of our Savior, expressing His love into the lives of people within our congregation and the people that are within our community. And seeing through that lives being drawn into a relationship with Jesus Christ because you were his love expressed to them. Maybe your gift is visiting, going out and connecting with different people. And and it's harder these days. There is a greater risk um, of, of going and whether it's meeting with people or trying to become more familiar with technology that allows you to be able to, uh, to connect with people without risking their health or yours. Don't let Satan 
fool you with the idea that, that people don't want to connect. That, that, that people would feel like it was an imposition to have you come and give them a call or, or, or drop by or something like that. But instead, allow the Holy Spirit to fan that flame, that flame of, the, of the gift of faith in your life that you would uh, pursue people that you would be actively involved in, in connecting with people who are in need, people who are alone, people who, 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 who need to have somebody that will come alongside them and, and be uh, that, that expression of God's love in their lives, of, of a listening ear that would hear the, the struggles that they're facing and that encouraging word that would help point them to Jesus so that they can know how Jesus wants to come and meet those needs that they have in their life. And watch how the Holy Spirit will use that gift to spread the good news of Jesus Christ in this world. Uh, there's the gift of hospitality. There's the gift of, of helps. Um, there are the gifts of prophecy, the gifts of, of healing. Let's all continue to, to seek out those gifts that God has put into our lives. What is the role that he has called us to play? Let's not get fooled that, that, that thinking that, that all the other things are being taken care of and I can just continue on in my life without putting myself in a place of risk, of suffering, uh, to, to step outside of my comfort zone because all the other things are, are being covered. Let's continue to press in to, to allow the Holy Spirit to, uh, to grow those gifts in our lives, to, uh, to, to uh, lead us into places where, where we hadn't thought of using those gifts before. And through that, that we would, we would see through the faithful few here in this place, that we would see God taking those gifts, those offerings, those talents that we would bring and lay at his feet to be used by him, that he would then take those and multiply them. And we would see here in this Oceanside community an awakening that we would see territory being taken away that, that has been held for generations by Satan in this area that we would see people who have been enslaved for years in, in occult, in, in, in uh, new age spirituality, in, in, in ideas that are contrary to the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we would see them set free to be made alive, that there would be a transformation in this place. And, 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 and it would be in, in years from history, uh, from now that people would point back to the Oceanside community, that this is where that awakening of the 21st century began, was here in you being faithful of allowing the Holy Spirit to fan that faith, that gift faith in your life to be used for his glory and for his kingdom.